Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought. From Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Navarro. For today's podcast, we'll be talking about music, the arts, social justice, and how arts education in prisons can bring all of these things together. Our guest is Andre de Quadros. I'm Andre de Quadros. I am a professor at Boston University, a professor of music. I'm the chair of the music education department. Along with being a musician, conductor, and teacher, de Quadros is an ardent human rights and social change activist. Much of his work centers on one idea. I've been kind of a little bit obsessed with the idea of music for everybody. This idea of music for everybody has taken De Quadros around the world. He's led projects in Jerusalem, Indonesia, and Peru, just to name a few. But importantly, this idea applies to much more than geography. I don't think the arts are just for people who go to concert halls, who've got money to go, who can walk. It's also for people who are in wheelchairs and people who are dying and people who are old and who people who are poor and people who are in prison. I mean, I mean, it's 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 just. It's just basically human, and we need to come to terms with that. And when it comes to having access to the arts, of all the groups De Quadros just mentioned, he believes that people in prisons are some of the most severely neglected, and he wants to change that. So in 2012, he began teaching in two prisons near Boston. As you might expect, there are some differences between teaching at these facilities and at Boston University, where he's a professor. Okay, let me let me walk you through a typical day when we go into the prison. So, we go into this prison. Uh, I I wouldn't say it feels like a welcoming place, and and I, I guess there's no reason why I should expect it to be a welcoming place. It's a prison. It's designed to keep people in and to keep people out. He goes through the normal procedures, going through security, getting searched. It's very strict, by the way. We can't even take a click pen, you know, uh, because a click pen is, has a spring, and a spring could be a potential weapon. And then he walks into his classroom. So we have this room. It's a square room, and it's 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 okay. It's this. It's not great. It's not bad. There he meets his students, usually around twenty people. On the first day of class this semester, when he first walked in, the students were sitting behind desks. But they quickly found out that this was not that sort of class. We said, put all the desks away and arrange the chairs in a circle. These men at the Norfolk prison come from all kinds of backgrounds. Unlike in music classes you might find elsewhere, they're not required to have any musical experience, which makes for an interesting group. We don't specially select people to join our program on the basis of any musical skill, which is actually great because people come because they want to be part of some kind of a musical experience. They don't know what. To start off most classes, De Quadros leads the class in a song. Now, if you bring any group of people together, whether in prison or not, and ask them to sing, you're likely to get some uneasiness or pushback. For most of us, outside of maybe the shower or the car, singing just isn't something we do on a regular basis. It's easy to say, but I'm not a singer. It's that sort of assumption that De Quadros wants to overcome. One of the things I'd like to say to, to my students in prison and my students everywhere is that everybody is born with a voice in the body and a song in the soul. We all sing, and, and we may have lost that capacity because of our education and our 
and our habits and our social behaviors, but on the whole, we're we're programmed to make music. You know, human beings are. So, what about the people in this prison education class who might say, "But I don't sing. I can't sing." They're not allowed to say that because they are indoctrinated into "I can't sing. I can't make music," and we expect them to take risks. I say, you know, I say, what have you got to lose? Your self-esteem. You're in a prison. You know. I mean, it's a joke, of course. After the opening song, the group usually does some of what De Quadros calls centering work, things like breathing and stretching. And then the class gets back to creating. Then we proceed to other more creative and ambitious kind of activities, you know, whether whether that's poetry or whether it's body work and and other kinds of 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 activities that happen within the context of that room. Notice that the students do things like write poetry and do body work in addition to making music. This is very intentional, because De Quadros believes that the arts are for everybody, and also that the arts are interconnected. At a very basic human level, in the non-professional world of music, of music, in the arts, generally speaking, people mix things a lot. And we know, anthropologically speaking, we, we, we know that people uh, sang and danced and, and drew and and wrote stories or told stories and sometimes stories went into song and we know that, that that there was a blending of these art forms and I think that that ordinary people should have the opportunity not to not to just be directed into into one discipline of the arts but have the have the whole spectrum of the arts opened up to them people in this prison education program really respond well to these experiences Some of the prisoners are able to confront difficult childhoods through poetry or song. Others are able to collaborate and connect with other inmates. For many of the students, it becomes much more than a class. It's very interesting to see how people's lives change, how they can find a way to discover themselves and their pain, their their yearnings, their aspirations, their grief, their their crimes and so on through, through, through the arts. I asked Dr. DeQuadros to talk about one specific example or story from one of these classes. And he brought up a recent class that he led at the Framingham Women's Prison. Just like he talked about before, he started the class with a song. In this case, Do Lord Remember Me, which goes like this. Do Lord, do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, do Lord, do remember me. Way beyond the blue. After singing together, he asked the class, what does blue mean? Someone said death. Somebody said the blue might mean heaven. And someone said the blue might mean the ocean or, 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 the, or the river or freedom or liberation. And so it was kind of interesting that blue meant sadness for some people. Way beyond the blue might mean beyond sadness. After thinking about the meaning of blue, the class was asked to write a poem in response to the song. One in particular stuck out in DeQuadris' memory. So this is what this young woman said. She said, Minutes now feel like eternity. Always you are out of reach, beyond my grasp, swallowed whole. So far beyond the blue, how quickly sorrow comes to song, and it drags the meaning forth from everything. And I die to say I missed you, I'd lay it bare to say I cared, but my heart still wears its wanting way beyond the blue. 
even after listening to a beautiful poem like the one we just heard, there may be some people who question whether, with limited resources, arts education is really what people in prisons need. Maybe prison education should be focused on more practical things like job skills. But according to De Quadros, pitting these two types of education against each other is ignoring the bigger and more important picture. I don't think they're competing interests. It's like it's like saying saying to about regular people, about people at Washington University. I mean, students at Washington University or students in high schools or elementary schools anywhere. I mean, yes, we need to we need to empower people to to be productive and engaged members of our society. That is to say, you know, job skills. I understand that. I mean, there's absolutely no question in my mind that they should be getting job skills. But I don't think it's job skills instead of. I think that what we need to do is to build a world in which people can create, can empathize, can connect. That's at least that's what we seek to do, is to empower people to, to learn to collaborate, to work in a community, to stand in a circle, to engage with people, to be sensitive to somebody else's emotions, to be able to express themselves in writing and in song, to be able to, to re-sculpt one's identity to refashion one's future. This is what we're doing with the arts. It's about the arts for everybody. It's just simple. Everybody needs to have access to the arts. And what I'm doing is part of my work is, is saying, yes, you are programmed to create. You can create. So let's work towards creation. Many thanks to Andre de Quadros for contributing to Hold That Thought. Dr. de Quadros is conducting the Washington University Choirs in a special performance on November 23rd. For more information and for many more ideas to explore, please visit holdthatthought.wustl.edu. You can also find Hold That Thought on Facebook and Twitter, or find our weekly podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening.